The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina International Radio Talk Show Hour, Power of Water and Your Life. Today we have a very exciting show, and I often wish that I could, uh, every single guest that we've ever had on this show, over 300 guests have been on from all over the world, from scientists, Nobel Prize winners, NASA, United Nations, our scientists, our authors, our people who are out there in the world studying and, uh, um, and involved in everyday professional medical life, surgeons, uh, all the nature wonders of our life. Uh, I would almost say there's nature, they're nature pharmas first because they're all out there running around in their lives, trying to teach us about how important it is to be proactive about your life. But the, the focus of the show is water. Did you know that last week our world population grow by, grew by 1,459,901 people? Now, if that continues, at, the, at whatever direction it would go within one year, It'll be over 100 million people will have uh, been born on our earth, come to this earth to live. Did you know that earth is 97% salt water, 3% fresh water, but only 1% we can use? Now, you've been hearing about what's happening in Haiti. Haiti had a very serious earthquake. The earthquake in Haiti is so serious, and we brought in multi-millions of dollars, and what happened? Now, which we should we have flown in, you and all of us, and our guests, and said, make water the first primary concern because of the future of diseases and people dying by thousands because of the water? We thought they did that, but guess what they didn't? There's a cholera epidemic because of water. And they're, they're expecting an enormous amount of unforeseen amount of people dying with cholera. What happened to the thousands and thousands and millions, I mean, excuse me, the millions of dollars because of the water? Now, did you know that 5,000 children die a day because of lack of water around the world? Now, where are our environmentalists? That's why I made this show, The Power of Water. It is so important for us to bring ourselves together, study together, network together, and learn together. And the water crisis and the shortages are all over the world. They're not just uh, uh, the obvious. Now, this show is going to discuss life-threatening water wars, 
We discuss the global water and water health crises. We interview the most famous, exciting professionals globally throughout the world. We've been in Holland. We've been in Ethiopia. We've been in England, in Italy. We've been in Sweden. We've been all over the world to learn how to bring the people together and study together, and let's call it social networking together. Um, What can we do to help each other live longer, be healthier, but we know without water there'd be no life on earth and earth would begin to fade away. Today we have a very exciting guest and I want to tell you about him before we go to our sponsor. Ron Duncan has a a BS in geology and a master's degree in hydrology, conservationist and consumer service. Field manager, and um, I'm probably going to spell this wrong, say it wrong, Ezequiel Creek Water District in Santa Cruz. His topic today is going to be the new field of water conversation, I'm sorry, water conservation and what measures to take for the home and business. That will be exciting. Our second guest, Stephen Fatal, is administrator of Peace Portal, Peace Day. TV, as well as host, director, and producer of Peace Day Broadcast out of Eugene, Oregon. That's going to be a lot of excitement to learn about where he's coming from and what he's thinking. Now, when you're part of this show and you're listening, you're contributing a future of a new ideas, new thinking. Water is the primary concern. What are you going to do to leave your footprint to concern and be immortal about water? But remember, you're also human, your life. What are you going to do to be more proactive to take better care of yourself and your own health issues every day when you wake up and begin your day? That's what this show is all about. Let's join together. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, all natural, moisture for the eyes, with just a mist. Did you know the surface of your eyes is 99% all natural water? Before you apply the eye drop, Nature's Tears Eye Mist replenishes the natural last moisture. Be proactive. Think about with just a mist. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Ron Duncan. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. 
If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today, our guest is Ron Duncan. Are you with us, Ron? Yes, I am. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Before we begin our topic here, which is your concerns, and your focus has been uh, world water, um, did you by chance see the special on the Fox Business Channel that Eric Bowling did on water last week? No, I, I missed that. Tell me about it. Well, he had a special called uh, Water, the Value of Water, and what he meant was follow the money because it's going to become so expensive that people will find in time it's, uh, it's very expensive to have fresh water. And they, what they did with it is they showed the world uh, that it's all in the water for the future. Can we afford it in long term if we are not concerning ourselves with making it a priority? And one of the individuals said, water is the liquid of life, as vital as, vital as the air you breathe. Nowadays, most people... Uh, most of us fetch and carry it wherever. Uh, nobody understands that people are having to carry it or they're not understanding they may be without it. And water is delivered to us where we need it, but although do you understand that when you turn the faucet on, there is water uh, at any hour or at any moment, but there's people of the world who don't, and because of the power and electricity being a, a, a problem, and in the future they really taught for one whole hour in fact, uh, Eric Boiling, the anchor, Ron, got so emotional during the uh, show. You could see he learned that water is a crisis. Right. It, and it, it, uh, But again, it was very well done, and, and we, you and I both follow water stories and research, uh, but it's exciting that the news media, let's say, is finally noticing that will people be able to afford it long-term if it becomes so scarce or polluted? Right. <clears throat> and, you know, I think, that, I think the media uh, and shows such as yourself are going to be doing more and more. I know News, Newsweek in their October issue had uh, their feature article, Liquid Assets. The Economist did a 20-page special about six months ago for one other drink and addressing those issues, exactly what you're talking about, how – you know, women in, in some countries are walking. It's usually the women because that's unfortunately who, who the work falls upon, but are walking several hours a day just to obtain water. We've but had the I, United Nations on here that is ahead of that, the head of all that research and trying to help uh, the world uh, out there and the different charity organizations. And, you know, you think about it, Ron, if they're in Santa Cruz, California, Let's say times get so bad in the next years that all of a sudden people can't afford to turn their electricity on. They're starting mm-hmm. to live in Silicon Valley and having to go right. free, free food. What if it happens in time they have no water? They can't well, afford to it, turn the faucet on. Where are they going to get their water? And the thing is that these women carrying the water in different countries of the world seem so far away, seem so remote, and this has been going on for so long, and the environmentalists have not gone after the biggest issue. The biggest only crisis of all time has been the issue and life and death 
of 5,000 children dying a day because of lack of water, and those mothers getting up in, in the morning at whatever daybreak, walking with a urn jug, well, let's just say a jug or whatever, for go get water. The water is probably not going to be clean. They're having to carry it back. And when I had the United Nations on, Ron, I said, can you just imagine the individual walking along and they trip and they have to go back and do it again? Oh, yeah. And, they've, and then they said, one of them people, and our guest said, Sharon, something you don't know maybe, they could have a broken shoulder from it, a broken arm from it, a broken ankle, a broken leg, but they still have to do it, Ron. Right. to survive their family. And the girls, the little girls are not going to school because they're helping their mother go do that to survive. How much water can they carry a day? Like in India, Ron, and the National Geographic had a water issue. This little right, boy right. in India, about eight years old, you may have thought, he's standing in line, and he's wanting to go get a little baggie of water. He decided, he got excited. He was, it wasn't probably because he was just Thursday. He was excited. He was young and all that energy, and he started to get crowd, and they beat him up. He died. Yeah. All for a baggie of water, audience. Let's think about this. Now, Ron, what do you want to teach us today about what you're learning? Well, I'd like to share with some things that maybe we can do that, to help at least where you're living to uh, conserve water and uh, so to help the problem that way. And so I'm going to touch on some things that I think are kind of exciting, kind of the newer things coming out in the world of conservation. But let me go back to what you initially said about population. I want to point out that since 1960 to the year 2000, the population in the world doubled and the water consumption doubled. So I think it's important to show that link. So as the world becomes more populated, we need to use this precious resource more um, frugally and, and value it for and what Ron, it is. And Ron, can I add one, and if I interrupt a real, a sure, once in a while, because I will, uh, one in. thing, Ron, I thought about when they were talking about what's happening to in Haiti right now with the cholera epidemic, mm-hmm. and somebody said to me, oh my gosh, I thought they got enough water there. And I said, yes, they might have gotten enough water, but Ron, they should have to take showers and baths or hydrotherapy cleansing. That is vital to detoxify. Right. And, you know, not only that, I just, uh, I I write an article for a newspaper here, a column, and one of the things I learned recently is that not only are they lacking water in some of these countries, but getting cholera and these diseases that are mainly caused by poor water quality, also they are finding out uh, uh, lowers the IQ of the children. So not only are we... You know, not giving them maybe a, even a right to life, but if they do, they're already starting behind the, the uh, starting line, which just seems. Now you a just said something we better touch on to our society here, USA. Mm-hmm. Um, is I have been studying water for over 30 years, and Ron, how many mothers from birth emphasize to their children drinking so much water a day? Yeah. And you just said it could lower the IQ, and what that means is the oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen levels of their blood and what oxygen does for the, in, the, in the molecular ability for the blood to have circulation and give that opportunity to, we don't know who, which person is dehydrating how, Ron. From birth right. where we left out one bit of research, and we're going to work very hard to bring that to a few futures, that moment you were born, Ron, we should have been studying your dehydration from that moment on. Right. We weren't. We're not studying anybody. And so here's this oxygen that doesn't give the proper IQ to which person. 
we had a doctor's on from Johnson Johnson's Embassy, Ron, and they said, one of them said, Sharon, you've just hit on something. Did you know the prisons are full of people that we didn't catch at birth that maybe had problems with their eyesight that we didn't catch, that the anxiety and the dehydration of all this happening is, uh, was the anxiety as they were blaming themselves and people were blaming them for the problems of anxiety, but they were on overload. Mm-hmm. The eyes are affected from birth, and babies are being born with these problems. And now we can discuss the problems of those countries that are not uh, thinking ahead on saving their society from death because of water and malaria and, and cholera and all the dehydrating diseases. Then we have America. So teach us about what you're learning about this IQ, because uh, that is a well, fact, Ron. And no, I just it want is to a touch fact. On... If you're not drinking enough water, please no, <laughs> yeah, realize you know, you're, you're going to be on overload. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, you know, the average person in the United States uses about 180 gallons of water per day. So that's a lot of water, more than most countries, and there's some real convenient ways to, um, cut, to seriously reduce that. Most of the water use goes indoors, about 70% and about 30% is used outdoors. The indoors, most of it's used in the bathroom, and the toilet is the is bottom line. It's the biggest water user in your home. I don't know if most people know that. And over time, toilets have decreased using the amount of water needed to flush them. Well, they've come out with a new toilet, brand new. Two guys in Canada invented this thing. It just got the Canadian um, like green award recently, and it uses half the amount of water than the typical toilet uh, in the world today. And that may sound like, oh, what's the, what's the big deal about that? But when, if you were to use this, put this new type of toilet, it's called an ultra-high-efficiency toilet. The stealth model is the first one out. It will lower your overall ha- household water use by about 10 to uh, 15%. And just wow. and, a, and the toilet cost is, re- is the same as a regular toilet. So we're excited about that. This thing yeah. has, nobody's even seen it yet because it's it's just come out in the last. Yeah, I got the uh, Canada has what they call green awards for companies that are inventing. Yeah, and that's what they have. They have awarded to this, and I think that's you know you could go on about the green and the innovativeness and the technology that we need to get out there. But just that in itself, I mean, it's exciting. I mean. Uh, Things like that. And I think we'll see more evolution. I, I could talk about the um, in the in the kitchen. I think what you'll see is a foot pedal instead of turning on the faucets by hand. You'll use a foot pedal, and that'll reduce your usage because you know how you turn on the water to fill something up or wash something, and then the water's left running until you turn it off again. So these oh, it's kind of like what's happening in a lot of public bathrooms. You have this. Uh, you're pushing uh, the high uh, the faucet, and you push it, and it turns off immediately. Uh, it, it exactly. You just enough water. And then you have to go push it again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and you know that we shouldn't shouldn't be running it when we don't need it. Okay. I think the things of like garbage disposals, we won't have those anymore. They use a lot of water, and I know we all love them, but composting will be as common as the uh, recycling cans that we can have. Can you out tell it? Can you? You are you hearing yourself? Get a hold uh, of those politicians down there. You're living in the most prosperous state with agriculture opportunities right. and green opportunities, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and now you're telling us about how to think out these inventions. That is exciting. That's yeah. a new economy I, I, right there. New business. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're exactly right, and that's what we need to help 
not only on the green side of things and water conservation, but also help keep the economy moving. I think this Well, the economy, Ron, could be moving with excitement of thinking about the, what they did is they confused everybody about environment, who gets the billion dollars, who gets this, who gets that, and these whatever. They weren't thinking that's the greatest future of economic healthiness, saving billions in your health, saving the planet Earth, saving the most crisis uh, environmental issue is water. Uh, there's things to do to invent. Yeah, I think it's the next uh, leap economically and green-wise. I agree, I, I agree with you. In fact, I had a fellow who was a very famous author on and who's the author of a, how to patent. And, and he thought, and when I wanted him on as a guest, people probably thought, what are you doing there? And I said to him on the show, teach people how to think about getting inventions, patent to protect themselves, pending, and come mm-hmm. out with the environment. The environment offers so many new inventive ideas. Absolutely. Nothing Absolutely. is crazy enough not to be the next idea. And can you imagine these 50 states thinking about all these new ideas to invent? I know. Let me give you a couple more. <laughs> okay, here we go. Things. We got. I think they're from, exciting. We went from the toilet. We went to the sink in the kitchen. Now yeah, and we, we may tell go back us about to the a bathtub. Again, <laughs> we haven't even seen the far future of that. But can you imagine on your refrigerator uh, a little device that looks like a thermostat, and what it will show you is how much water you're using. Uh, that and signalize a red light if you're maybe using too much in a day and that sort of thing. You'll soon see those because a lot of the meters, water meters being put in these days. Um, we're able to transmit that kind of information if wanted. So it's a usage kind of thing. Now, uh, um, we're going to have to take a minute with our sponsor okay. that helps pay for this. Exciting news. Uh, and we're going to come back, and you're going to teach us about that meter, though. That's okay. a, I want that refrigerator uh, thermometer meter. I want to learn yep. something about that. And maybe you can get some ideas from some to people to think about. Ron, you full of great ideas. Thank you. We're going to listen huh? to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know that your eyes at the surface are 99% natural water? What do you think your eyesight requires? Water. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with that 100% just a mist water. We'll be right back with Ron Duncan. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. 
Ron, before we go into what we want to talk about, water conservation and what you're learning, who, what tell us about your where you're at there. You're uh, head of the consumer service. You're the field manager for Suckwell mm-hmm. Creek Water District. Tell our audience a little bit about who that is. Well, Soquel Creek Water District, we're a nonprofit agency that serves about 50,000 people, but what's in Santa Cruz County, we're about 70 miles south of San Francisco. What's interesting is we're basically a microcosm of, the, of California, which is a microcosm of the world and related to water. We're short water. We get no, independent, we get no water from the outside here, so we're trying to sh- solve our water shortage issue mm-hmm. just you know, with, our, with our own folks here in the county. So I think that's what's reflective on what's going on on a country level and a worldwide level. Everybody's worldwide. scrambling because we're short water. Okay. Now we know, uh, uh, and it's S-O-Q-U-E-L, Creek Water District. A Native American name. Okay, and uh, .org. Now Mm -hmm. tell us about the water meter and what people could do on their refrigerator to get involved in this. That, that's a device that's, that's coming out. It's, it'll be like a credit card device. It'll tell you whether uh, you have a leak, a water leak, or whether your usage is exceeding what you should be using. So it's a way to monitor things. But mm-hmm. um, I know we're short on time, so I want to move into the, to the shower real quick here. You know, in the old days, you, you'd take a shower. The water would run constantly. There's going to be uh, foot pedals that when you step off it, the water out of the shower will quit, quit uh flowing out. There's a patent pending on that device now, mm-hmm. or it can be laser-censored. So it's when you don't need the water in the shower, it's not running. Um, there's also systems, hot water recirculating systems. You can buy those now. They cost about 250 bucks. You install them. When you go into the shower, before you jump in the shower, you hit a button, and it recirculates the hot water throughout oh. your water pipes. So when oh. you turn on that water, it's automatically hot. Tell me oh, how many how people fascinating. Hop. Oh, you're teaching yeah, me, and I thought I was it. learning something through the years. <laughs> so what? tell me about that hot water heater again. Well, there, there's, there's, all, there's different types out there. There's the demand system, the chili pepper, but they, these are these little pumps, and it costs about $300, $250 to have installed, and they cost about 250 bucks, so 500 total. And very simple, and they can go in existing houses, and it, it just requires that before you turn on the hot water, you activate that pump. So when you open the faucet or the shower, the hot water is there immediately. Because how many of us hop in a cold shower? It's very hard to do. You know, you let the water run for a minute. I do. Maybe I let the water yep. run to get it hot. Yep, yep. And yep. some people, you know, catch it in a bucket, but that's hard to do. So these hot water recirculating systems um, <laughs> hey, that's just another exciting, yeah, yeah. exciting device. You know, very easy. Um, okay, what else? One, one of the oh, biggest oh, things. Oh, uh, what about a bathtub? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, a bathtub, what I recommend is you just immediately put the drain in and, and hit hot water. By the time it gets uh, full, you'll have, even though you have cold water to start with, you'll have, you know, that you can get it to the temperature you want. Or you can hit that hot water recirculating device and automatically have it hot right at the beginning. Yeah, right. Yes, yes. Right. So, you know, there's lots of these things coming out. Uh, uh, the, the, one of the bigger ones I think we'll see in the laundry room, instead of using totally clean water, uh, we may be using shower water, recycled shower water, to do our first load of uh, wash. And then the wash water will actually be then, kind of in a hierarchical process, be used for the irrigation of our landscapes. So that's called the gray water. It's where, you know, just a, a more efficient way to use water. You go from mm-hmm. 
cleanest down to the the where it doesn't it can be dirtier and use that outdoors. Mm-hmm. So, um, considering we use thirty percent of our water outdoors. Now I'm going to say something. Uh, it's almost philosophical in a way to think about it, but. Um, when you would recycle your shower water or even the tub water mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the laundry room for the mm-hmm. first wash of your clothing, mm-hmm. your clothing is already dirty. Right. So your clothing is in this recycled water into the laundry room, and then, of course, the, uh, the uh, rinsing water comes on clean, clean. but only right. has enough water to be able to rinse out the cycle of that clothing and sometimes that's probably better not to have so many clothes in there probably at one time on on, to do that so they all get rinsed very clean but that's an excellent idea i had never heard of that one right and then they use the the rinse water or the to uh irrigate with outdoors take the rinse water and recycle mm -hmm. it to uh irrigating outside your hanging planters or whatever Right, right. And so that, that was just legalized in the state of California. It's been legal in Arizona and, you know, other parts of the world they've been doing it also. So that's, um, you know, those are a few of the exciting things. And, of course, outdoors, the big movement lately is people are getting away from uh, big lawns because they use a lot of water. An average lawn out here in California puts about enough water to put, make it five feet deep in water over a year. That's how much water is applied. The only thing I have to think about is Mm -hmm. I've been studying aquifers for many, many, many Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And the aquifers need a recharging. And the irrigation canals that come in season that uh, put water into the fields and to absorb into the surface and down into the aquifers as a filter system, I'm wondering sometimes if we haven't studied enough about what's below there in recharging aquifers. That is something well, for me to think about and study. I've been yeah. studying for many, many years. I brought it up as a thought to uh, somebody there in California who was on uh, representing the ones who were advocating to turn off the water to the farmers and to the ranchers. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I mentioned, I said, what about those aquifers below there to get recharged? Because right. our earth began, Ron, when those and different parts of Earth were at different times of, of, of the millions of years. But when that precipitation, because of the universe and the atmosphere, created a precipitation and the rains came pounding down, they went down into those aquifers, filled up, came to the surface, and provided us freshwater rivers and lakes and more. And uh, the thing about it is, if we begin to deplete and those aquifers are not recharged, there's some concern I have, and I want to continue to research that. It's a thought I've had. That's a big I, issue. I would like to go study it further, uh, but it's something to think about is when the water is irrigating, what's, the water will absorb down into wherever eventually. And it doesn't mean you're a little bit of lawn water will do that as much, right. but uh, it's something to think about. Yes, it is. I'm yeah. worried Brown about water. the aquifers, Ron. Um, yep. I've had well, a very that, lar- enormous concern about them all over the world. And what's under those sand dunes? Right. We had that's, and that's from our the, issue uh, here. We're, we're pumping our aquifer, over-pumping the aquifers uh, and making them go dry or salt water comes in and ruins them. So exactly. The and they issue. need to have that fresh water charging throughout seasons. It's like, for example, uh, we live on the Rogue River here mm-hmm. in southern Oregon. And we hardly had enough rain last year. 
and people were really getting worried about the river. And I said, well, you sometimes will get that heavy rain in the spring and we'll be okay. All of a sudden, Ron, just in the season, just for a few weeks, we had enough rain, it all was healthy again. It doesn't have to be as much as we would think to get those aquifers charged up again. Right. But, you know, and, the aquifers, the, the thing about aquifers is they're below ground, nobody sees them, it's silent, and things happen much slower, whereas rivers, they're much more visual. Cause, so people tend to care for rivers, I think, more than... Well, they, and they don't know what makes the uh, river uh, uh, possible. It's the aquifers below. Right, right. Right, the aquifers are often feeding rivers. Uh, oh, the way the, 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 you know, it's just like if you walk uh, uh, down a road and there's a puddle on a dirt road, and then, well, there's some reason that puddle doesn't go away. Yeah. And uh, people don't realize that that underground water reservoir that Earth began with first, it's like I had on my show from the United, well, from National Geographic, um, and they said they were in Ethiopia, and and they were digging for oil, and they, they were there shooting about for digging for oil, uh, watching that happen. And all of mm-hmm. a sudden, everybody started screaming and laughing and joking. Oh, my gosh, they were so excited. The celebration, like instant, and he says, you didn't get oil. You got <laughs> some water. And they said, oh, yeah. no, no, we, we think we got found an aquifer with an enormous amount of water. And come to find out, Ron, they found water that was lasting for 100 years. Right. Below right. the sand. Right. Yeah, no, there are precious still out oil, there, but you know, in India, across the United States, the groundwater tables are dropping dramatically. And it is, um, and like I said, it's hard, you know, this is below ground, so it makes it a little trickier. And then but, the people uh, only want to concern themselves for what they could see and touch. Um, yeah. Let's study this together, Ron. Let's learn together what it is. But you're learning a lot about. Uh, some conservational uh, things that are uh, excitement for people to think about their homes. Uh, yeah. I, do you have any other exciting new tips? I have about five minutes left. Well, I just I could I could go on. I think if we focus on the outdoor again, if you can uh, put in the thing about turf and plants like that is that when you irrigate like a sprinkler system, a lot of it about twenty percent of it evaporates immediately before it even starts to sink in, and then overall about another 30% evaporates. So when you irrigate from the surface, you lose about half. Only half of it sinks in and, and recharges the aquifer, and that's a general number. So right, right. what we're seeing is a lot of people go, moving back toward uh, the plants that are native for their region, so they don't have to water them as much. More they survive on the natural cycle. Okay. Now I'm going to bring out something to you today to think about that moisture in the air that's evaporating. Mm-hmm. Our air, did you know that research is proving that for so many years, all the scientists were thinking, oh, the moisture of the air is not depleting. It's doing fine. Then all of a sudden, the latest report is saying, we do not have enough natural moisture in the air for all organisms to breathe, to, I mean, to live, mm-hmm. to live a lot. So moisture in the air, I'm for. Um, right. I think that I wish we could have vats of water in your house <laughs> because guess, Ron, where the driest place for your body to live is forced air, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls, chemistry in your fabrics and your lifestyle, of what you wear even. Uh, we're right. being dehydrated to death. So I'm for the moisture in the air, but I am well, for moisture that the air needs to pick up and use as it needs. Um, what else do you have to teach us? Well, you know, going back to the, uh, this, is, this always interests people, going back to the toilet, I think in the 
future, we won't even see a toilet that flushes water. And it's really not so much of a conservation technique. I think we're going to look at inter, uh, incineration toilets if we can afford the energy. <laughs> okay, the reason is, what that means. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is the... Hey, are you, are is, you a, an inventor or a musician? No, no, I'm not an inventor. I just think these are exciting things, and I wanted to share them with, with you and the guests. But okay. the, the reason, this is the interesting part, the reason is not for water conservation. It's because of the pharmaceuticals that people excrete out their body. Uh-huh. A lot of the uh, sanitation places cannot handle the treatment. Yeah, so they that's true. Take, that is true. Take care of them on, on spot, you know. So that's kind of a... Uh, kind of a new one, uh, new new that thing. That is new something. Where would they go to see where that new idea might be thinking? Where, where? <laughs> well, you don't see too many of them yet. That's the crystal ball thing. Okay, uh, <laughs> out there, oh, Ron. You, so, I but, really enjoyed this. Well, we're out of time. We'll have to do this again. Gear up for us next time. Okay, and, thank you uh, so let's much. Let's teach Sharon. people to become inventors of uh, the environment and conservation of the water sub uh, uh, water and. And it looks like a, a sanitation, but uh, w- w- I tell everyone over there I said hello. Okay. And keep up the work because this Thank will help all, all the planet. Let's, the, the world is waiting, Ron. It's, it's been a pleasure. Conserve on. Okay, conserve on, and thank you. Thank you so much. Have a nice day and be well. I enjoyed that audience very much. Ron Duncan has a lot of, to teach us, and that is the future. It's it's. It's not a magician, I wanted to say a, a magician of thinking, but inventors are unique people out there in the world. Let's join together. Let's think about that. You become an inventor of something. You get a hold of us and let us know what you're thinking. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know that your eyes at the surface are 99% water? That's why your vision is healthy. If it begins to deplete, you lose your vision. When the eye drop is applied, it will flood the, uh, uh, the tear film. Did you know that? The water. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. And we're going to be back with Stephen. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. My guest 
today is a very exciting individual that I really enjoyed reading more about, Stephen Fattel. And Stephen, are you with us? I am. Thank you, Sharon. And how do you pronounce your last name? Fantel. Fantel. And you're administrator of the Peace Portal, uh, Peace Day TV um, station. I guess we call it TV Online. Yes. Okay, and you have your own radio talk show. Yes, we're, we're essentially the Peace Portal Media Network, so we do both radio, uh, written material, and mm-hmm. lately really looking at utilizing the Internet for um, mm-hmm. uh, um, television-type broadcasting, since most yes. people prefer not to read. <laughs> well, people are, you know, what I learned with my research on it is uh, what is happening to millions of people to connect with what's called social networking, I'll call it. I'm not going to call it social media yet, uh, but it is what it is, uh, social networking media. But it is a huge future of people uh, wanting to understand and be exploring what is there. And I like that, Stephen, because I've been in research for all my life, and I've always believed I didn't know enough and I'm not smart. Can I learn more? Can you be too old? Never, because there's so much more to learn the longer you live. And uh, Now, tell me about the Peace Portal. Explain that and then Peace Day before we go into some of the other things that you've been uh, focusing on. Sure, thank you. Uh, Peace Portal is something that we started quite a few years ago as a place to put together all the various sustainable solutions with a focus really on meeting the Millennium Development Goals. Now, let's back up for a second. Um, you just said some very quick words there, description, keywords. Um, describe to our audience what that means, what your, what your mission is down to good old common sense. Uh, what, do you, what is your mission goal? Our, our mission actually is to help leverage technology for humanitarian organizations, charitable organizations, UN agencies. Education technology for them to learn more. Correctly. Uh, I'm sorry, correct, yes. Yeah, see, I'm trying to. Um, I'm one of those people that, and I need to explain to you and the world uh, audience, I, I bring in scientists from all over the world with what I do, and, and, and I always tease my plaque on the wall is good old common sense, bringing the world together to learn what does this mean so that we all can understand what the research might be. So what you're trying to do is offer better education, more, uh, more of a mission to the education of some uh, new technologies uh, that can be sustainable, sustainable to communities and what they, what they should be learning and what they would like to learn if they come to the dot-com and want to take the adventure uh, to want to learn. I think you've just summed that up very well. I hope um, so. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm trying to help my audience understand you are important to what you're doing. Okay, tell us more. Um, so, yes, the, the portal site, which is actually a .mobi, which M-O-B-I, is mobile enhanced because we want to include the stakeholders, meaning the people mm-hmm. on the ground in the various countries where we're providing outreach assistance. And we really do that by bringing together various organizations, Water.org, Charity Water, UNICEF, UNIFEM. Um, World Mission. Yes, there's hundreds of organizations. Have you actually. gotten with, have you connected with um, the in, in, International Waters uh, Foundation in Texas? 
I've spoken to them. We've um, had no end of these people as heading those kind of groups on our show. Yeah, they're all so important, and if they can have some tools to make it easier for them to work together, cross-pollinate, share resources, then we believe that they can be more effective in, in what their missions are. Mm-hmm. Now, your group is, uh, is, is funded by, is it a nonprofit group? We're a non-governmental organization. We now, do what, have explain a, that to our audience. What does that mean? It, it means that we're non-political and not part of, we're not a non-profit per se, which is a 501c3 designation mm-hmm. for the IRS. It means that we can take in uh, tax-deductible donations and give people a receipt. We don't do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. We actually began as a auxiliary of a ministry, oh, an okay. information age ministry. Okay. Um, so instead of going to Africa and drilling wells or giving shots, we provide assistance to those who do so so that they can be more effective without having to create a whole new technology department, for example. So you're adding a member of the, another member of the team to help out. Now, um, uh, how long have you been doing this? Uh, a little over a decade. Over 10 years. And have you always been located in Eugene, Oregon? Uh, we've been in Eugene about seven years. Mm-hmm. We came here from St. Kitts and Nevis, actually. We were on mission for a year. Um, putting together a sustainability um, development plan for the government. Okay. Now, when you say non-political, you won my heart. But I don't care what anybody else. <laughs> but I'm really I'm t- exhausted with political positionings with what they think is the environmental crisis, and 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 people are being. I didn't know if you knew this, but I, I've had the uh, author of uh, Earth Day on here. And Robert Weir, and mm-hmm. the story brings tears to my heart. And if I should sound a little emotional about this, but World Peace Day was thought up by a, a former uh, politician, yes, but he joined in with the United Nations and the world, and they thought they could do a World uh, Earth Day on the equinox. Well, all of a sudden, the politicians decided, oh, no, no, we want it on our day. Well, the United Nations and others said, let's do it for the world to enjoy on the Equinox Day. Oh, no, no, we want it on our day. And, Stephen, I had tears come to my eyes. I got very emotionally caught up when Robert, I said to Robert Weir, I said, you're kidding. Why would they interfere with that one? That was the most exciting way for the world to come together, the universe to come together on an Earth Day, in the uh, in the universe, and, and the whole universe was on a day that everybody shares. No, the politicians. So I'm kind of saying to the world, and uh, I am so grateful. There's people who want to represent our country and and go out and get into these positions that we think are qualified and want to uh, represent us. But there's some things that they should be not part. They should not be so in, involved in. If they don't want to think that realize the crisis of water is serious, five thousand children are dying a day, Stephen, because of water. Yeah, People are dying in cholera and and uh, epidemics uh, and and what are diseases anyway? Dehydration of everyone. So tell me what you've been doing with water, because I notice on here that you've worked with water wells and. 
and the 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 water uh, and the air uh, out of the air for the use of you know, taking pulling water out of the air. Tell us about that. Well, we work also besides with the uh, nonprofits or humanitarian organizations with the private sector, mm-hmm. researching the various solutions that we think will be the most effective in resolving the water <clears throat> the water mm-hmm. crisis, which it certainly is. Uh, quite a crisis. Water and air crisis. I dare yes. to. Yeah. Um, so, and, and those, so there are some really interesting technologies that are being developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that one of the most unique ones is the capacity to take water directly from the air, which you were, you were just speaking about uh, with your last guest. Um, in, in a sense, because it would actually dehydrate the air. Uh, but if we, if we do it in a, in a proper uh, manner, then we can also still rehydrate the air as well. Because it's just you were he- hearing him talk about the inventions. Wasn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you get your mind and your organ group and the world thinking about inventing ideas, and, and when you talk about the moisture that has to be in the air, it has to be there. Because that's what brought life to air uh, to fruition is that unseen moisture in the air that kept that life grow- moving, that organism living and going and developing. And uh, they have proven recently, Stephen, that they always thought in science there was mo- enough water and moisture in the air. And all of a sudden, recently, they came out with the latest. Oh my gosh, we had no idea. It's depleting. Well, I could have told them that three, 30 years ago in my research, but I went after indoors first and then I went outdoors and I thought oh my gosh indoors is awful because of the environmental concerns that they wanted to save energy they invented uh, insulated windows and walls they invented forced air heating and cooling and they invented chemistry and fabrics that's a dehydrating killer but you go outside where the organism of life has to live with the moisture that's supposed to be indoors outdoors more but indoors too all of a sudden you wonder what could we invent maybe recycling tubs of water to be outside besides just plants in those tubs. Uh, we've got to make sure there's moisture in the air. If we should invent with ideas of pulling some moisture out of the air and using some of that for recycled water too, how do we put it back in the air and keep that air uh, for indoors healthy and outdoors, uh, especially for what we require for Earth to sustain its position in the universe in the solar system? I think you're right there, and you know you've got different geographic regions of the world that have various uh, needs. So, if a lot of humans like to live on the coastal areas, for example, look at Los Angeles, uh, all the whole west coast of the United States. You know, there I wouldn't uh, utilize that kind of a technology. I'd use it more in the desert, where there's less capacity to or pull inland, water from the right, ground. Right, inland, going yeah, inland. in the center of your land. Yeah. Um, I think desalinization plants are a wonderful idea, actually, harnessing the energy of the ocean. You can use it to create power from waves as well as uh, desalinate and pull out. I want to back you up for a second on something. Did you hear, did you see the special last week with Eric Boiling on the Business Channel of Fox? No, I don't uh, generally watch Fox. Oh, oh, well, I'll tell you. um, They had been announcing it, and uh, I decided, oh, gosh, I've got to watch it, of course, for what I do. And they brought up how expensive water has become, uh, Stephen. 
and they were talking about one whole hour he had a special on all what, what is happening here, how expensive it has become, and how expensive it will be in the long time, long run. This this announcer, this anchor, I saw him sometimes just break up during the show he put on about the concerns that he found out about this crisis of water and how expensive it had become. Then they got into desalination with some experts in the world, and they said it is so expensive to do that. Mm-hmm. The concerns we, that anybody would have, uh, Stephen, was we've got to figure out ideas for people to conserve, like Ron said, people like yourselves who want to educate, uh, shows like this who want to educate and bring the world together on a networking um, of, of, of ideas and what to get people excited about being proactive with how do we make sure that Earth has water forever? Now, I've had scientists on here, Stephen, who said, Sharon, we have a problem. They may not have forever. And what's happening to other parts of the Earth is when they don't have enough water or any water, Stephen, they're migrating away from that spot, and Earth's weight level could almost be eventually like the airplane. When they want you to be uh, the level of weight on the plane to make it balanced, the Earth's axis has to be balanced. So when we start thinking of people not uh, – oh, and the other one that was fascinating on another show I saw is I was thinking watching um, in Silicon Valley. In Silicon Valley, we have all these PhDs, master's degrees, all these fabulous high level of education professionals out of work. And all I could think about for me and my background and my research is they're having to go get free food, which I want them to get. I want that – Nutrition. I want them to go get any bit of food and nutrition that we all would have to go get if you don't have enough money that day. But what if you can't turn your power on and you can't keep that on and you can't turn your faucet on and you're not having the tub, the shower, the water to drink? Because you don't have a job. You have no money to keep it all on. So our future, uh, it's beyond ideas of thinking, but water issues are serious because it depends upon the power. It depends upon money to pay for the power, and it depends upon all these issues. It's, it's a crisis if people are not drinking enough water. And then, Stephen, we have what's happening in Haiti. Uh, the, the countries. donated millions and millions and millions of dollars and all I could think about let's hurry up everybody let's get over there in the water 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 got a hold of some people and they said oh no water is a big deal they've got enormous amount of water going in there all of a sudden I was thinking recently on the latest report oh my god they forgot they have to take a shower at least to detoxify or there will be a serious um, horrible serious death because they cannot they have to detoxify not just drinking water they've got to have a shower to detoxify uh, because of the of the bacteria that they would be uh, besieged by by no intention because you couldn't drink enough water to get rid of some of that bacteria of, of, of a problem of a future disease of cholera or more so see water ha- plays in by far more than this, what we call almost 
the nature of our lifestyle. If you're out of work and you can't afford your power, if you're over in Haiti and you're depending upon those millions of dollars that came in for health reasons first, Stephen, I also went as far, and you can add to this, when, those, when, when Chile had the mining tragedy, 2,000 feet below, I was so proud of them, Stephen, to think about what was most important, their health, once they found out they were alive. Let's keep them all alive. Okay, we have a minute left, and uh, tell us a, uh, in a minute about how you pe- like people to come and find who you are. Well, they can go to peaceday.tv and watch the specials on water or any of the other systemic issues. Water is life, and I think all you've said, you know, it is connected with everything. What To sum up, you know, what you've just been saying, really we're at a time that's unique in our history. We're moving from one age to the next, from the industrial age into some other age, because this age has exhausted its environmental and economic capacity as it affects the people's jobs, all of the different things that you were talking about. And so what we really need to do is, is evolve and look at various different solutions all together. Together. Together as one. And we have to look like at the team players. Everybody has a place on the team, huh, Stephen? They do. Well, you guys are doing a good job. And keep up your and, – and, and add some more things to what you would like to discuss and let, keep us informed of what you're doing so that we can let our audience know what you guys are doing. It would be my pleasure. Well, thank you. You have a very special day, and you be well. Thank you. Bless thank you. you. Bless Bye. you. Bye. Well, I want to thank uh, Ron Duncan, uh, who is a conservationist and water concerns, and he's uh, with field, he's the field manager of the Sokol Creek Water District in San Jose. They're concerned about their 50,000 people and their water. I want to thank Stephen Fatel, who is administrator of Peace Portal Peace Group. He has his own radio talk show and uh, broadcast TV. It's called Peace Day um, and Watered. Uh, and go to their website, take a look at them. I want to thank you for joining us. Aren't we lucky to have all these wonderful guests that take their time and be with us? Earth does have a plan. Embrace your life every special moment. Earth is whispering, though. You leave a footprint because that'll make you immortal. You'll be part of this. Thank you for listening, and I, want to, I wish you well, and you have a nice day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.